Hello and welcome to Mixnerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. What's up, guys? How you doing? It's uh, Wednesday, July 26th, which is insane. We're already at the end of July. I complain about this every month. You'd think that I'd never experienced time before in my life. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone feel. I think everyone feels that way at some point or the another. Uh, it's me, your host Nick. It's Nick Stern News. How you guys doing? That's uh, that's our new intro music. If you guys haven't been here for a week, How, you guys liking it? It's, it's pretty good. I made it myself, if, uh, if you're wondering where it came from. Uh, there's also new outro music you guys will hear at the end of the show, and then some cool stuff in between, the bumpers. So, you can call myself a uh, musician, if you... No, I'm not. I'm not at all. Definitely not. Uh, no, what's, what's up, though? What's up with you guys? You guys having fun? Did you guys go see Barbenheimer this past weekend? I didn't, but it's... Uh, it's it's taken the world by storm. It looks like, you know, I, I didn't go for a multitude of reasons. We'll talk about those later. I'm not going to bore you with it now. But the but Comic Con was this past weekend. That that happened. It was weird without all the major studios there. It's like what Comic Con was, like, 15, 20 years ago almost, where it was just uh, video games and comics and stuff. It's kind of cool going back to uh, going back to its roots. Kinda, if you will. I don't know. Whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna describe it as. It's um, interesting to think about. And uh, you know what? With the ongoing writer strike and actor strike, not really gonna talk about new stuff. So I'm kind of going back into the past. And you know, last week I talked about movies made before 1950, and uh, some of my favorites. But uh, this week we're gonna talk about movies made in the 50s and what my uh, top 10 movies are that I've seen. Uh, I've seen quite a few films from the 50s. Obviously, uh, I was able to make a top 10 this time. Last week, I couldn't even make six. could barely make six. Um, well, technically 10 with, with the animated Disney films. But but anyway, anyway, how are you guys, uh, are you guys doing, huh? You having fun? I already asked you that, didn't I? But let's not waste too much time. As always, don't forget to check out nicksternews.com. You guys can listen to the show right in your browser. Or you can find links to the show on all your favorite streaming services. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Audacity now as well. Or, no, Odyssey, the Odyssey app. That's, that's what it is. 
one of those things, you know. Anyway, follow us on social media too, right? Follow Nick's Nerd News. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, threads even. Imagine that. And uh, follow my TikTok, The Nick DeFalco. That's where you guys will find updates about the show uh, if, if you're on TikTok. Or just follow Nick's Nerd News. We post the reels. It's all, it's all there. It's all interwoven. It's social media. Find us wherever you guys want to find us. It's up to you. I'm, I'm not going to force you. Anyway... That's the housekeeping, general housekeeping that we like to do here. Let's get into the actual news of the week, shall we? Alright, so let's talk about video game news, shall we? It's uh, that time of the week, if you will. So, Cyberpunk 2077, it's getting its first DLC later this year. And it's the Phantom Liberty. I don't think I've ever seen DLC get its own release in the way this one is. It's getting a whole, like, collector's edition. And it's getting a statue including Idris Elba's character, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a statue of Idris Elba, but, I mean, is that really, is that really necessary? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, for a DLC, man, I, it's cool, but to me, it's very, very, very unnecessary. I, I guess they're just trying to hype it up. I don't blame them for it. It, it it's... <laughs> It's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool, but again, unnecessary. It's overkill, if you ask me. But that's fine. CD Projekt Red, you do you, boo. I'm not judging. I'm not. I'm judging, but I'm not. <laughs> no. Anyway, the Dolphin emulator, which was rumored to be headed to Steam, which was then uh, taken off a few weeks back after Nintendo kind of threatened, pushed their weight around, if you will. They tend to do that a lot. Well, the open source Dolphin emulator is now really not coming to Steam. Uh, it would allowed it would have allowed you to play GameCube and Wii games. Uh, now it's really not coming. Uh, via a blog post from the project team uh, says, "quote We are abandoning our efforts to release Dolphin on Steam. Valve ultimately runs the store and can set any condition they w- wish for software to appear on it." Unquote. So again, Nintendo doesn't want this for obvious reasons emulators aren't always uh legal if you will they're they're technically not illegal but they technically are they're a very gray area it it's similar to pirating things because you're you're technically playing games in a way i i don't know everything about it so i'm not claiming to be a legal expert I just know there's a gray area when it comes to emulators, and the legality of them is not exactly uh, cut and dry, right? It's not a, a definite yes or no, but don't expect to get Dolphin on Steam. So, there's that. Uh, Gundam Evolution, which Bandai Namco really only released a year ago, has shut down or will be shutting down its servers this upcoming November. It is a free-to-play 6v6 shooter 
Uh, support will end on November 29th, 2023, making it unplayable. So it launched last September and on PC, console in November, and uh, they just were hoping it would be good, but I guess uh, Season 6 will be its final season. Do not expect to play Gundam Evolution beyond uh, Thanksgiving week. So at Comic-Con... Uh, gonna go over some things gaming related, gaming adjacent, if you will. Uh, we learned that Ash's final episodes of the Pokemon anime will finally release in the U.S. in September on Netflix. Uh, that means the new Pokemon anime probably won't hit the U.S. for quite a while, uh, given the time it takes uh, for dubbing and everything like that. The Borderlands movie, which I thought was like done, will not release until. August of 2024. I thought they were done filming that movie. It does take a while to, for post-production on probably a movie like that. Uh, Sony has announced a new Spider-Man PS5 bundle, which will include a copy of the game, a Spider-Man 2-themed PS5 Dual DualSense controller, as well as a PlayStation 5 with Spider-Man-themed uh, faceplates, or side plates, or dis I, what, I don't know what they call them, realistically. Uh, but... If you already own a PS5 and you want to partake in that, you can get the plates and the controller separately. They are all limited edition, though, so do try to get your hands on those sooner rather than later if you don't want to play exorbitant prices. Uh, we also learned that J. Jonah Jameson will be back at the Daily Bugle. Harry is actually the, the, the man behind the Venom uh, suit, including the return of Tony Todd as the voice of Venom. And we got some new gameplay trailers and, and uh, story trailers. It looks a lot better than it did a few weeks ago at the State of Play. Uh, looks like they were able to up the quality of some of the things uh, in the, that time. The game does release later this October. Uh, we finally got confirmation, confirmation spelled with a K, that Homelander, Peacemaker, and Omni-Man all will be joining Mortal Kombat 1 via the Combat Pack DLC. Uh, Quan Chi will also be a part of that. But yes, Homelander, Peacemaker, and Omni-Man all confirmed. Omni-Man will be voiced by J.K. Simmons, returning to voice the role from the television show. No word yet on if Anthony Starr or John Cena will be voicing Homelander or Peacemaker. However, it is using their likeness, so I'm probably you could probably guarantee that they'll be voicing, voicing their respective characters. We also learned that High on Life is finally dropping on PS4, PS5, and we got a new trailer for the High on Knife DLC coming to the game. Uh, so be prepared to finally play Squanch's Games' most recent game, High on Life, if you're a PlayStation owner. Uh, we also learned a lot about Star Wars Outlaws, surprisingly. Ubisoft had a large presence for the game at San Diego Comic-Con, SDCC, and uh, we learned that you can work for and betray and against and everything all different types of syndicates in the galaxy in the game including Jabba the Hutt you can work for and betray Jabba the Hutt if you so please just be prepared you're probably going to end up frozen in carbonite don't know if that's true I made that up just now <laughs> um, it will not be a 300 hour unfinishable game per the developer they didn't want to do that and they did announce that Tatooine will be fully explorable in Star Wars Outlaws when it comes out sometime next year. I think this is going to be the first time Tatooine has been fully, 
fully explorable in a video game. Other than maybe Star Wars Galaxies. I'm not entirely sure. I never played that game. Anyway, that's all the gaming news out of San Diego Comic-Con. Let's uh, talk about some of the gaming news. So, the FTC and its ongoing battle with Microsoft over its acquisition of Activision Blizzard has decided to essentially put the stop... Is that the right thing? Uh, anyway, uh, essentially rolled back its, its idea of, of going to court over the merger. Uh, so in a filing submitted on the 18th, uh, Xbox submitted a motion to withdraw the proceeding, and the FTC responded with no objection. So it looks like they're not really going to fight it anymore. No surprise there, given they lost in court and were likely to not uh, be able to come back from that. And uh, no surprise there. Uh, no, Ubisoft is not deleting your content, despite what you may have heard online to the contrary no ubisoft is not deleting content so or your paid accounts let's let's put it this way a tweet was sent out by anti-drm saying quote quote ubisoft closes your account if you haven't logged in for some time you will lose all of your game purchases for forever unquote not true not true uh in an email sent to ign by ubisoft it clarified that it has been doing this for quite a while, uh, and uh, it says it's, quote, aligned with legal requirements and with the standards of the industry, unquote, uh, and I guess it relates to European Union rules. Uh, so the criteria for account deletion per Ubisoft is this, quote, the gaming activity of the account since its creation, the account's libraries, accounts that include purchased PC games are not eligible for deletion, the duration of inactivity of the account, meaning the last login to our ecosystem, including from Ubisoft games on Steam and other platforms. In practice, as of today, we have never deleted accounts that have been active for less than four years. The existence of an active subscription tied to the account, unquote. So, unless you haven't logged into your Ubisoft account for more than four years, you're, you're fine, realistically. Um, emails that are sent to users... Uh, 30 days prior to account deletion uh, are real, but if a user tries to log in during that window, they will receive a notice and a link to reactivate their account. So you can't save it. Um, so if you haven't logged into your account in a few years, you're not going to lose it or your library. So there, there's other issues like pertaining to digital ownership and digital rights management and things like that. However, they're just following the European Union's general data protection regulations, and more than likely they're not deleting your account. So we can all calm down, all right? No need to start a panic. Images and videos of PlayStation's Project Q, which is a DualSense controller with an 8-inch screen in the middle of it, uh, have leaked. And honestly, still don't know who it's for. Apparently only has a three or four hour battery life. Remember, it has to be tied to Wi-Fi. I mean, I get it. Maybe it's it's for people who have kids or share a TV. I can understand that. Uh, or maybe you want to play games while you're taking a dump. I, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> but it's not for me. Especially if it's going to cost several hundred dollars. Um I, I I don't know what's uh, I don't know what's going on. 
Um, it's almost like uh, X, right? What's going on with X? <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, it's... Um, I, don't, I really don't know what who it's for or what, what's the point of it, really. It, it's, it's probably going to flop, realistically. Let's, let's, let's just realize that, shall we? Okay, cool. Moving on. Tencent adds another gaming studio to its repertoire by uh, buying Techland, the developers, by Dead by Daylight. Which is, again, Tencent has been buying up a lot of studios. Some of the Embracer group, uh, they own a lot and, you know, I, I get it. Everyone points fingers at Microsoft, big, bad Microsoft. But they, they forget that Tencent and the Embracer Group own more, uh, like, than anyone. So it, it's a little flabbergasting sometimes that this happens. Especially given the fact that Tencent is a Chinese company. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't want China owning everything either. So a lot, a lot of... A lot of you know, finger pointing and finger waving going around and a lot of nonsense. So, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we have learned that one of the games Ubisoft may have canceled in their recent string of cancellations and moves and restructurings might have been Immortals Phoenix Rising 2. Uh, I have yet to play the first game. Uh, full disclosure, I have it and own it and never installed it yet. And uh, they did issue a, a statement, and it looks like it, it's very vague, right? It says, quote, As part of our global strategy, we are redirecting and reallocating some creative teams and resources within the Quebec studio to other unannounced projects. The expertise and technologies these teams developed will serve as an accelerator for the development of these key projects focused on our biggest brands. We have nothing further to share at this time, unquote. Yeah, that, that's a confirmation without being a confirmation that they, they canceled Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um, I guess uh, it was made earlier this month by leadership due to difficulties establishing it as an IP, allegedly. Uh, the... Via Video Game Central, it was in development at Ubisoft Quebec, so they're the ones that made the first game, and, oh, it had to do with a lot of sales, uh, it's, it sold okay, but most of the sales were from discounted periods, when the game was heavily discounted, and it was sold, it sold 70% lower than Assassin's Creed Valhalla in Europe during the same time frame. Um, so, looks like they've decided to can it. Uh, I've heard the first game was fun. I know it was based on mythology, of Greek mythology, which I, one of the reasons I loved Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, was one of the reasons I got Assassin's, or, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, but unfortunately due to circumstances, didn't get to play it yet. But it looks like I have time to, because the sequel's not coming. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, Strays, which is a new movie starring Jamie Foxx and Will Ferrell as stray dogs, is getting a tie-in video game. And I cannot remember the last time a tie-in video game with a movie released. It's been a little while. Uh, DreamWorks All-Star Kart Racing has been announced. 
Uh, it will include the return of Shrek. But I would really like to know what year is this? Because several kart games have been coming out over the last few years. There's a new Crash Team Racing. There was... Uh, uh, Disney has a kart game coming out. Now, DreamWorks has a kart game coming out. Is it like 2005 again? Am I... Am I time traveling without knowing it? I'm very, very confused by that. Um, Xbox has announced that they are going to be adding controller mapping, controller keyboard mapping, I should say, uh, as a new function. So, controller keyboard remapping. And if you were part of the update preview alpha users, you can accept... Uh, you can expect these accessibility options coming. Um, so via new Xbox Wire post, so if you update into the preview program, you can map keyboard keys to either your Xbox, Xbox Elite Wireless Controller Series 2 or the Adaptive Controller. So this will help those uh, who maybe can't really use the keyboards for th certain things. Um, only single keys or functions like Control-Alt-W can be set to a controller button, um, but only if a game supports keyboard functionality. So it's not really going to be for, for normal mapping, but it is there if you prefer. Um, we've also learned that Xbox will be adding Venmo support to buy games, your Game Pass subscription, things like that. So now Venmo is on Xbox, I guess. Uh, and then we've learned some new things coming out of Microsoft's most recent financial earnings reports for the end of Q4. Um, so essentially the full, full fiscal year for 2023, which ended June 30th for the company, most companies I should say. So hardware revenue had declined year over year 13%, um, but uh, I mean, you might think that is normal at least for a console that's going to be three years old. Um, they did also announce, though, that there was a 5% growth in Xbox content and services, especially with third-party content and Game Pass, um, but it was offset by the 13% decline in hardware revenue, but Xbox was up, up overall, I guess. Um, but it, it's interesting compared to the idea that we know that Sony has said they're having one of their best years for PlayStation again. So who knows what's going on over there. Um, we also learned the PS Plus games for the month of August. They are Dreams, even though it's ending support in a few weeks. Uh, Death's Door and PGA Tour 2K23, which was the most recent PGA Golf game. Uh, and then our final bit of gaming news here before we move into TV and movies. Uh, Riot has announced their new Project L will be playable at EVO 2023. And it is, a, it is a fighting game, but no word on what it's actually going to be called yet, but uh, they did show off some of its new gameplay mechanics uh, via tweet. They said, quote, play solo or tag in a friend, the choice is yours. Executive producer Proton Cannon and game director Unconquable showcase duo play system and talk about the evolution of Project L. Learn more, uh, unquote. So that's on the tweet. And uh, it's called Duo Play, where it's like tag team wrestling per a game director. Um, but you will be able to play it at Evo later this year 
Uh, so let's see how that turns out. It is going to be based on their MOBA League of Legends. Uh, anyway, that's it for gaming news. Let's head on over to Hollywood and check in on what's going on up there. Alright, so, obviously Comic-Con was happening, um, so we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, a couple of things. So, animators have decided to unionize amid the ongoing strikes uh, that the Writers Guild of America and the SAG-AFTRA union uh, are partaking in currently. So, Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network animators are attempting now to unionize via deadline. Uh, all 66 staff members at Warner Animation, as well as 22 at Cartoon Network, uh, signed a signed a petition to uh, request a union election, submitted to the National Labor Relations Board. Um, if you want to know some of the work they work on, Batman Caped Crusader, Harley Quinn, Teen Titans Go, The New Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake, uh, some shows they've worked on recently. So we'll see. They're going to try and join the Animation Guild which is already a thing, um, but we'll see what happens uh, over at Warner Brothers. Um, Andor, Star Wars Andor, which was currently filming its second season, uh, had only a few weeks left to film, and production has shut down. They have announced they will try to, to do what they can with some equity members. Those That's the union in the UK, which is not on strike. Um, but... Some of its major stars are part of SAG-AFTRA, so it will not be able to can finish, essentially. Uh, this could delay the show. Who knows? Maybe they'll have time to work on some of the effects on what is done. Uh, and then, with only a few weeks of filming left, they can finish whatever they need to in uh, the coming months, right? I mean, it, it wasn't expected to drop until late 24. Maybe it will just be later 24 then. Um, I do want to go over some Comic-Con news. Um, so, we've learned that the Gen V uh, young adult spinoff of The Boys, or about college superheroes, will drop on Amazon Prime Video on September 29th. Uh, so look out for that. Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake will premiere on Max August 31st. Uh, Nickelodeon has acquired the rights to the original 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. No word on when it will start to stream episodes on the channel or if they'll be added to Paramount+. Plus. Uh, we got a, a, a secret drop for The Marvels, uh, which is the upcoming sequel to Captain Marvel from Marvel Studios. This trailer makes me very much more interested in the movie, I will say that. Uh, Rick and Morty anime got a trailer. Uh, per the uh, producers and uh, showrunners on that, recasting is going well uh, for uh, recasting Justin Roiland. Looks like they will try to find a sound alike. That means they should hire Sean Kelly. If you've seen Sean Kelly on TikTok and Instagram, the man sounds almost exactly like uh, Justin Roiland. The Continental... The John Wick prequel show will premiere on Peacock on September 22nd. Invincible, 
will premiere on Amazon Prime on November 3rd. Uh, it's a long wait between seasons on that one. Uh, Warner Brothers announced that Crisis on Infinite Earths and Watchmen will be its next animated films next year. Watchmen will be rated R. Uh, and then Lower Decks Season 4, Star Trek Lower Decks, got a new uh, trailer. That premieres September 7th. Uh, that's it for San Diego Comic-Con news for TV and movies. Christopher Nolan has obviously been making the rounds because of Oppenheimer. And uh, someone's been, people have been asking him what movies he'd want to direct. Well, it turns out now he said it would be, quote, an amazing privilege, unquote, to direct a Bond movie. And Jesus Christ, why are they making it so hard for me to continue my opposition to watching Christopher Nolan films? Last week we learned he would want to maybe potentially direct Star Wars. Now he really wants to direct a Bond movie. Like, what are you doing to me, man? I'm trying to, like, not watch your movies, and now you're making it impossible for me to not watch your movies. I don't know, man. I just don't know. Kevin Smith was being interviewed. And uh, he says that he showed his solidarity and support for the WGA and SAG strikes. And um, he hopes that they, quote-unquote, crush their overlords. Um, <laughs> he was at Comic-Con, and this is via deadline. He said, quote, thanks to SAG strike, I'm the most famous person here, unquote. Uh, he also followed up with a uh, another quote saying quote let's give it up for unions we hope that they crush their overlords like netflix unquote um i mean he's a little upset over the cancellation of his and mattel of course or the cancellation of his of his he-man show um which wait i don't think it's been canceled but anyway that's what he was there for um it it's uh it's fun to hear from kevin i love kevin smith to be honest Lucasfilm is in hot water right now. They're being sued over a backpack that was used in promotion and in filming of Ju Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, Frost River, who is a maker of bags, said this, quote, Indiana Jones, an eccentric archaeologist, is known for stealing priceless artifacts while dodging giant rolling boulders. Not unlike its character, Lucasfilm had no qualms misappropriating Frost River's successful geologist pack and other Frost River products for use in the film Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, unquote. They go on to say that they used it and didn't get permission. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I looked at this company's bags. I don't fucking remember that bag in the movie. If people are sitting there and looking, I want to buy that bag based off Indiana Jones, I mean, shouldn't they just be happy because people are buying their bags? Like, if anything... They're seeking 75 grand. Not a whole lot. Maybe they'll win. I don't know. Maybe it's true. Very strange indeed. Very strange indeed. I don't know. I don't know why you'd sue Disney over a backpack, though. Then again, it's Disney. So, makes sense. Um, <laughs> so, Barbenheimer released this weekend. Obviously, those are two separate movies. Barbie and Oppenheimer. Not one movie called Barbenheimer. But, they accounted for the fourth largest box office opening weekend in... Hollywood history, and the largest opening for 2023, and the best domestic opening since the pandemic began. Um, or opening weekend, I should say. So, they had the best box office opening day, Barbie, at $70.5 million. 
Uh, they ended up bringing $155 million overall. Uh, so Barbie made more than Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It beat out Super Mario Brothers and 8. All of their opening... I don't think 8 is a movie. Um, yeah, Barbie took in $155 million itself over its opening weekend, which is insane. Oppenheimer brought in $80 million over its opening weekend as well, accounting for, as I said, the fourth largest opening weekend in Hollywood history. Movies are back, baby. Movies have been doing very well in 2023. Yes, there's been major flops, uh, but movies are still doing well. People are going back to the theater, and it shows that that's, they did miss that over the pandemic. It, they, they did. I'm not surprised, but I'm, hap I'm happy that they're back. Uh, someone vandalized the set of Beetlejuice 2, and they stole a statue, uh, one that was featured in the original film. It's that weird, like, claw-looking thing. Uh, but it's been stolen at least three times from, uh, from the set. Obviously, the movie's on hold right now because of the strikes. And, uh, Vermont State Police are asking for your help for it. Um, Ryan Reynolds has announced that he's bringing back Biker Mike Mice from Mars, which is a show from the 80s, and ALF, of all things. Um, they're, they're coming to Fubo, which is like a free streaming app, and Ryan Reynolds' Maximum Effort production company. Uh, Reynolds said, quote, some people know that I'm a motorcycle enthusiast. So it's only natural for us to jump on board Biker Mice from Mars. Maximum Effort and Fubo look forward to putting a new spin on this cult classic with our friends at Nacell. Unquote. Um, ALF is also coming back, of all things. ALF stands for Alien Life Form, I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's that brown, weird-looking Muppet thing you've seen around over, over the years. Um, we'll see, though, if... Uh, We'll see, though, if it actually comes pr to fruition. Uh, and then announced after Comic-Con, of all things, that uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which comes out in just a few weeks, will be getting not just a sequel, but a show on Paramount+. Plus. Reported by, by Variety, Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon are moving forward with a sequel uh, before the movie even comes out. And a two-season 2D animated series... That will act as a bridge between the movies. Um, the show will be called Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Again, will be on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, no date yet. And uh, all four of the actors uh, who voiced the turtles in the show will be back to voice them. Or sorry, in the movie, will be voicing them in the film and the sequel as well. And uh, Point Grey Pictures, the team that, that produces the film, will be producing the show and sequel. Um, Jeff Rowe will be directing the sequel as well. No word yet on, on a release date, obviously. Um, I'm sure they'll fast track it, though, if the first movie does very well when it releases very shortly. Um, before I go on to talking about movies in the 1950s, I want to talk about Secret Invasion, which ended today. And boy, oh boy, did it end with a dud. Uh, we got, like, full-on Super Scroll, 
Uh, so spoilers ahead. Gravik gets the powers of all the Avengers, uh, as does Gaia. Uh, Nick Fury confronts Skull Rhodey. They win the day, obviously, but the president goes on this huge anti-alien thing. Um, and it, it, we do get confirmation that Rhodey has been a scroll since at least, at least Civil War. This show had so much potential, and then it crashed and burned in its final episode. I, I, I really don't know what they were thinking with that. Um, and, and Rhodey being a scroll for that long means that he doesn't know Tony's dead. So the scroll we saw in Endgame acting as Rhodey either put up a really good act losing Tony or actually came to find Tony as a friend. Not the same as the real Rhodey, but... Since at least Civil War, holy shit. It, it, like I said, it, it undercuts, and I've seen multiple people say this, it undercuts the, the emotional weight of Rhodey's reaction. Um, and the way Rhodey was interacting with the team in, in Infinity War and Endgame. So, that's frustrating. Um, also, I know I was on record a few weeks ago saying this show's going to be loved by everyone, and I'm kind of going to dial that back. I was wrong. I'm disappointed in how it ended. I, I am very frustrated. I was like, damn, they fucking dropped the ball, man. Just fucking big time. Anyway, I don't even want to waste time talking about it anymore. Uh, I do want to talk about Strange New Worlds, though. We got two episodes this week. Thursday, we got our normal episode, which was fun. Uh, dealt with Ahura and, and Kirk, actually. Uh, and then on Saturday night, Paramount Plus decided to drop the crossover episode with Lower Decks uh, because they had screened it at Comic-Con earlier that day. It is by far the best episode of New Trek. It is a perfect crossover crossover episode. It, it Very reminiscent of the old crossover episodes in the TNG era, you know, with Voyager and, and Deep Space Nine. And Boimler and... Mariner coming over into live action. First off, Jack Quaid and Tony Newsom can play their characters perfectly, mainly because they kind of look like their characters. Um, and their interactions with... They were able to translate their, their characters that they usually only voice into physical versions of them perfectly. And I mean perfectly. It helps that the episode was direct, directed by Jonathan Frakes, um, but their interactions with Pike and Uhura and the, the old with the the crew of the enterprise is is so magical it was it was very fun and the fact that we got some stuff in animated first off we got the strange new worlds opening sequence fully animated which was amazing to see uh the enterprise hasn't been animated like that since the 70s when the original the animated series was on um and then we got to see the cast of strange new worlds in lower deck style at the end of the episode if you guys uh, aren't watching Strange New Worlds? It is a great introduction to Trek. If you have Paramount Plus, uh, if, if even if you've never watched Star Trek before, it is a great introduction to Star Trek. 
It is a very reminiscent of the old original series as well as like uh, Next Generation and stuff like that. It is very, it is very episodic. It is not, uh, it does not have like season long long arcs or anything like that. Each episode is it's it's serialized, so every episode is a, a self contained story. Um, it is very fun, and Anson Mount as Christopher Pike is great. So if you guys want to get into Star Trek and are looking to find a way in, Strange New Worlds is your best bet. Um, but that is it for TV and movies for today. Let's talk about my favorite movies from the 1950s. So, unlike last week, where I barely had enough movies to make even a full list, <laughs> um, obviously I've seen a lot more movies from the 50s, and, uh, you know, growing up, my mom was always watching Turner Classic Movies and, and AMC and things like that, so she, she loves all these movies, even though now we're moving into the decade she was born, so some of these movies came out before she was even born, but I've seen a majority of them. Um, this was a lot easier of a list to make. Uh, I, you could also say that this was the decade of Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock um, because <laughs> multiple movies of his are, are on this list. Uh, some of my favorite actors are on this list. Obviously, Humphrey Bogart was on my pre-1950s list uh, in Casablanca, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and then he's on here again. Uh, we have Jimmy Stewart, who is also one of my favorite actors. Multiple movies of his on this list. No surprise there. As, granted, he was in a lot of uh, he was in a lot of Alfred Hitchcock movies as well. So, again, not not really a surprise there. Um, but I am going to go uh, backwards. So this time, uh, again, not this isn't knocking on anything. This is again my list. You'll kind of be surprised at where I, what I have at number 10, just because other things have a little bit more of a, a connection with me than this one does. Um, but I want to start with number 10, which is Vertigo, released May 9th, 1958, of course, starring Jimmy Stewart, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's a fun thriller of his. I very much enjoy it. Uh, if you ever watched House, um, Dr... Um, uh, Dr. Wilson had a, a, a poster for Vertigo in his office. You might have seen it there. But it is a great movie. If you enjoy Alfred Hitchcock movies and you've never seen it or you enjoy thriller movies in general, definitely check out Vertigo. At number nine, again, another Alfred Hitchcock movie. Uh, and one of my favorite actors as well, Cary Grant. Nine, number nine, To Catch a Thief, released August 3rd, 1955. Uh, also starring Grace Kelly, an amazing actress. Uh, but... To Catch a Thief is one of Alfred Hitchcock's best movies. It is actually not a thriller or a horror movie or anything like that. It's it's just a fun, like caper style movie. Um, it it is on Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, things like that. If you guys want to watch it, uh, it is a great great movie. I like I said, I love Cary Grant. He's actually one of my favorite actors as well. Uh, Grace Kelly, an amazing actress, definitely check that out. Uh, like I said, I don't know. I guess it's a comedy. I I wouldn't know how to describe it. It yes, it is technically a thriller, but 
it's a romantic thriller, whatever you want to call that, but great movie. Number eight. Uh, this is a movie I've watched countless times growing up. It is a Disney film, but it is a dark Disney film. Old Yeller, released Christmas Day, 1957. Um, Old Yeller, come back Yeller, best dog on dog in the West. Um, I love Old Yeller. And I, I mean that because I used to have a lot of dogs growing up. And I'd spend a lot of time with them just walking around. Like, we lived not not far out of town, but we lived far enough out that I could walk around the neighborhood in, like, some of the hills and shit with dogs and not worry about being attacked by coyotes or anything. Um, so I had a different connection with Old Yeller. Uh, I, I've watched, like I said, I watched it so many times, I think I wore the tape out um, growing up. But Old Yeller, great movie. Sad movie as well. Number seven, I have The King and I, the original King and I, June 29th, 1956, it was released. Uh, this movie stars, I'm pretty sure that's Yul Brenner. Um, but it is it is a fun film. Um, no, that's not Yul Brenner. Why did I say Yul? No, it is Yul Brenner. That's right. Uh, Deborah Kerr, Yul Brenner. Rita Moreno's in that movie. What? I need to go back and watch that. Um, about a, a woman who's teaching, uh, moves to Myanmar, I think it is. Um, Bangkok, Thailand, sorry. And she gets involved with the king. It's a musical, things like that. Fun movie. Definitely check it out. Um, number six, Gregory Peck. And, uh, uh, why can't I think? In, in uh, Roman Holiday, August 27th, 1953. Fun movie about an American on holiday in Rome, obviously. Um, and Audrey Hepburn. Why couldn't I say Audrey Hepburn? I don't know why I couldn't say Audrey Hepburn. Wild. But it's a romantic comedy. Great fun movie. If you like Gregory Peck, if you like Audrey Hepburn, if you've never seen it, you should definitely check it out. Uh, it's like a princess out of, out of the, the castle type film. Very, very, very fun. Uh, number five, I have another Audrey Hepburn movie, Sabrina, September 23rd, 1954, Humphrey Bogart. I'm sure a lot of you have seen the remake, uh, which came out in the 90s starring, um, who is in that? Uh, but no, uh, Sabrina is a great romantic comedy film. She's engaged to the younger brother, not to Humphrey Bogart's character. Obviously, uh, she falls in love with him. It is a very, very fun movie. Uh, if you have seen the, the, the 90s version, I very much urge you to watch the, the 1954 original. It is a fun movie. Um, like I said, uh, oh, Harrison Ford, that's right, and Greg Kinnear. Harrison Ford and Greg Kinnear in the remake. Um, but... I would definitely recommend watching the original. It is a great romantic comedy film from the 1950s, which was which was probably the golden era of rom-coms, right? The 50s and 60s, again, before the 90s. Um, but that is a fun movie as well. Uh, number four, I have the original Godzilla film. So, Godzilla released November 3rd, 1954 in Japan. It wouldn't come out in the U.S. until 1955. 
Uh, but I very much enjoy this movie as well. Uh, obviously, some of the other... They're not the greatest movies, I'm not going to lie. But it is fun. It was our introduction to Godzilla. Definitely check it out. Uh, it's very different from the version that was released in America as well. Um, so it, it's, it's a commentary, obviously, on, on the war. The bomb being dropped on Japan as well. But again, it, it is very, very fun. Um, especially if you've never seen it. A lot of movies from 54. Uh, number three, which is one of my favorite musical movies, Singing in the Rain, released April 11th, 1952, starring uh, Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds, who is the mother of, um, of uh, Carrie Fisher. It, it is a fun movie. Uh, it's, a tech, it's about the, uh, the first talking movie, uh, but the, this obviously released in the 50s. Some of my favorite songs, singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling, I'm happy again. You know, uh, a good morning, good morning. It's fun to stay up late. Good morning, good morning to you. It's a fun movie. It's a great musical. It is also very funny. Uh, definitely check that out. Number two. One of my favorite movies of all time. Rear Window, released September 1st, 1954, starring Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. Uh, Jimmy Stewart is a like National Geographic photographer. He's bedridden in his home due to a broken leg. So he decides to start taking pictures of his, uh, like, behind his apartment building. And he sees all the different people in their windows and their lives. Uh, and he catches a murder across the back alley from him. And everything that ensues. Uh, it is a very fun movie. Do not watch the remake. The remake is atrocious. Even though it stars the late Christopher Reeve. The remake was just not good at all. Um, the original is best. It, it is one of Hitchcock's best. Again, Alfred Hitchcock. Great thriller film. And in my number one spot. Is again. One of my favorite movies of all time. Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest, released July 1st, 1959. This, again, stars uh, Cary Grant in his lovely North Atlantic accent, if you're wondering what his accent is. Uh, and it's a, a man who uh, gets caught up in a espionage story, if you will, uh, in the 50s. Uh, and it, it's just, it's a fun movie. And it, you've probably seen the scene where a man is running in a cornfield and gets like chased by a biplane. That's by North, North by Northwest. Um, it also stars, uh, it also stars Eva St. Marie and James Mason. It is a great, Martin Landau's in it as well. He plays like an assassin character. It is a great film. Uh, it's probably one of Cary Grant's best movies. And, and I've seen a lot of Cary Grant movies. My God, man. Uh, but no, Cary Grant shines in this movie. It is a very fun thriller. Like, if you want to know, like, the start of the thriller movie, obviously Hitchcock is king of that. Granted that most of his movies are on this list. But North by Northwest, hands down, the best. So, in order, my, my, my favorite. Vertigo at number 10, To Catch a Thief at 9, Old Yeller at 8, the King and I at 7, Roman Holiday at 6, Sabrina at 5, Godzilla at 4, Singing in the Rain at number 3, 
and North by Northwest at number one for my top 10 movies made in the 1950s. That is 1951 through 1959, given that I cover 1950 in the last list. Uh, we can't talk about the 50s without talking about Disney. Disney, of course, was the only mo studio making animated films, or at least full-length feature films in the 1950s. Uh, they released four films over that period. Uh, my list, and I know you know a lot of the songs from these movies as well, growing up. Number four, I have Lady and the Tramp, released June 22nd, 1955. This is the night, what a beautiful night, and they call it Bella Notte. You know, the scene with the dogs eating the spaghetti. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, released September 14th, 1951, is my number three animated film from the 1950s. Uh, no singing from uh, Alice in Wonderland. I'm late, I'm late. Number two, I have Sleeping Beauty, released January 29th, 1959, which I very much love. Obviously, Maleficent continues to exist as a major Disney villain to this day from this film. And one of my favorite Disney songs is from Sleeping Beauty. You know, I know you, I walked with you once upon a dream. It's a great movie. Obviously, they've, they've continued to build off of that franchise as well. And then at number one, I have Peter Pan, released February 5th, 1953. It is a fun movie. Obviously, there's some things that might not go over well in today's society in the film. But again, that's a movie made in 1953. So, obviously, some things were going to be done and said and shown off that might not necessarily... Uh, be okay in today's climate but again as long as you understand that then everything's all good um do i have anything to sing from peter pan i don't know what do you want me to sing i'll sing for you i got a i got a voice no <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding but it is uh that is my list for animated films in the 1950s lady and the tramp alice in wonderland sleeping beauty and of course peter pan um, so, oh, sounds like someone's doing fireworks tonight. Anyway, that is it for this week on Nick's Nerd News. Next week, we will be talking about movies released in the 1960s. So make sure you guys stick around for the whole show next week when we talk about that. Obviously, as we get closer and closer to today, those lists of movies I've seen are going to get a lot bigger and a lot harder to do a top 10. So I think by the time I get to the 80s, I'll start doing an overall and then m lists in between. But I won't go too deep into that because that's for a future episode. Anyway, thank you guys for listening so much. Don't forget to check out nixnerdnews.com. Follow us on all the socials, Nick's, at nixnerdnews or the Nick DeFalco, my personal socials if you want as well. But uh, other than that, I'll catch you guys on the flip side, baby. has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine. Thank you.